Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. Good evening and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm all fired up. I've been on Twitter talking about hitting after people have been intentionally walked and, you know, getting a chance <laughs> to drive in runs and what an awesome answer that is if you can deliver. So, man, I'm ready to roll today. I saw Hank even jumped in on that one. Oh, yeah. Listen, the, you know, baseball's not like football. You can't just go flatten somebody if they disrespect you. you got to find other ways to do it, and uh, that just gets my blood pumping, so I'm well, ready. Not anymore, now that they've changed the rules to these Nazi <laughs> set they've got going on, right? <laughs> I guess we should introduce our guest, huh? So this week we got a special guest with us, Anthony Murphy from Pirates Prospects, and he also is the co-host on the Murphy. Murfanko Experience with Cody Patanko. How you doing, sir? Doing good, doing good. Glad glad to finally be on. Excited to get going. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. And so we have Murph on, and that's what we're going to refer to him the rest of the time as. Um, we have <laughs> Murph we, on because if, Murph let me just say this: if, fairly. Gary, let me just say this. If his name, if we just went by like Tony... It would create so much confusion in Pittsburgh. Everyone would be saying, hey, I think I heard my Uncle Tony on the uh, podcast the other day. And uh, then we'd have to clarify. So, like, we're, we're going with Murph. Dude, it would help our numbers in Bloomfield, though. <laughs> we should probably think about that. Um, Sorry, go, go ahead. We got Murph on because he's super fair with the prospects. And by fair, I mean he doesn't really talk about things he doesn't see. He really doesn't just read off of uh, a stat line and make assumptions. And he also doesn't think they're all going to make it <laughs> or they're what? all going to fail. <laughs> I got to be honest. Yeah. When it comes to covering prospects, that's not a given. So, uh, you know, I, I do feel pretty happy that we have somebody like him on today and, I, and I'm excited to see how this goes. I appreciate that. That said, we're not going to talk about prospects right away. The first thing no. we're going to talk about is the major league club. Um, Derek Shelton did some pretty interesting things this week, I think. Yeah. And, and to Dayon's credit, and he's really good at this, he knows how to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he also knows how to how to corner the men where they kind of either have to answer it or overtly not answer it. That's a skill. Yeah, it is. And, and, and someone who's worked them. sales for like the last six or seven years, that is very much a skill. <laughs> there you go, man. So – the first one, you know, he, he basically said, you know, about your Sunday lineups, you know, 
obviously the fans don't like it very much. And, and he kind of stuck in there a little bit at the end, you know, resting your two best players and you're at home might not be the greatest idea. And Derek Shelton almost had a light bulb pop over his head. Like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) Sounds like he's going to think about it a little bit. And first, I think that's pretty cool to, to have a manager actually admit they've maybe not seen something or not thought of something. And maybe that's something they're going to factor in moving forward. What do you think, Jim? I mean, like that's positive to me. I like something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think he scored some points with uh, fans at least for his, um, his genuineness there, his candor. Um, you know, was I a little caught off guard that that never maybe even crossed his mind? But, you know, there's, you know, just simply because two, two aspects. One would just simply first be you got to give yourself a decent chance even when you want to rest guys on a day to take right. them both out of lineup, especially when you have a DH thing going on now. Um, so maybe that surprised me. I can see where he might not consider the, the, the fans and going out to the ballpark on a Sunday, which is kids' day, and he's just – these guys have tunnel vision, man. They're, they're they're pros, and they're not thinking about that kind of stuff. But I think overall he scored some points. And, um, you know, we're going to have to keep an eye on those lineups a little bit. I actually think it might have, like Gary said, been a little bit of an aha moment. So we'll have to see. Murph, what do you think? So the first thing that happened when I saw uh, saw that, I kind of – I watched it again. I watched the whole interview again because it's <laughs> – you, you know, you think about like, oh, so they're, you know, professional baseball managers. They have everything figured out. They know what right. they're doing. They wake up. They know how they're going to do it and day by day and all that stuff. So it really caught me off guard. And, and I hate to say this, especially after like the intro you gave that I like to keep everything a little bit level. But it, like I was saying in, in my years with in sales and stuff like that, that's that's a really good sign of good leadership and that to be able to admit that. Oh wow! Like I didn't think of that. Oh wow, that's that's a good idea. Or even that, like I made a mistake with it. So so, so to hear hear him come come out and just say that point blank. I mean, I'm sure maybe some of it was like he was caught that off guard with it. So like he maybe didn't have a good response for it. Right. Yeah, but I'm we- sure there's a little bit of that to it. But like, I guess overall, my my first thought was, all right. You know, I, I'm, how many times have you like just hoped somebody could get through to these guys? Yeah. Like, hey, are you maybe not thinking of this? Did you not consider this? <laughs> and part of you hopes they've considered everything. Yeah. The well, part of you I, knows they have it. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, uh, Murph, you brought up the point. Man, it's excellent. We've all sat in front of guys that I, like – in leadership positions, management positions that um, act like they have every answer and they just are huge D bags when they do that. Mm-hmm. And you get so much more respect out of people and get people to buy in and follow what you're trying to do and respect, you know, just flat out respect you as a, as a man. Uh, if you can just sometimes say, you know what? I'm not sure. I think we're going to have to talk about that. I think we're going to have to look at it. Because we've all stood up there or sat there and watched other people stand up there and seen how big of a fools they'll make of themselves just because they don't want to admit that they don't know the answer to something. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really good insight on your part, seriously. And just because, 
he didn't want to leave any question as to whether he actually was trying to to be that type of leader. <laughs> Again, Dayon gets him with talking about not pulling out Thompson the other day with the bases juiced when he had a reliever hot. Mm-hmm. And again, he falls on his sword. It's ah, I thought I, I thought I could get through. Ah, I should have I should have probably pulled him there. Yeah, and you don't hear that stuff. No, it's no. refreshing. No, it, it yeah. is, and and like and that that you know some of that is I feel like old school too is like you want to show that you have faith in, in your guys and, and and stuff like that. So so leaving him out there, I, I think is like a good boost to like i mean he, he obviously gave up the the home run but like okay well he he thought i could still get that out so like you know i appreciate that it, you know that vote of confidence on it and then he's at, he goes out there and willingly jumps in front of the the you know everything and says yeah that's my bad you know i right. we, we had the out for it set up and i didn't go with it so that's that's on me that's not on anyone else but me so and the accountability what you hope really is that the coach showing that trickles down to the field and I, I think we hear that sometimes in the players interviews they, they seem to really take ownership of what they mess up what they don't mess up what they're doing well that maybe isn't getting the right results anyway yep. I think we've seen a lot of that from from the players themselves um, they, they may not have the most talent in the league I mean they certainly don't but they they, they kind of make up for it in character a little bit and I think they're going to be fun to watch just for that reason exactly well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the pitching philosophy of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Good stuff, guys. and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Murph with me, and we're going to talk a little bit of pitching philosophy, and the Pirates always give us material, Jim. They (laughs) never, ever shortchange us when it comes to things to talk about. So right before the show, as if they knew we were going to be recording at a certain time, they went ahead and optioned Rowanzi Contreras Back to Triple A. What a great organization! And <laughs> so so considerate of us. Yeah. And they brought up Chase D. Young, who admittedly did just pitch part of a no hitter the other day, and has looked really really good in in Triple A for a twenty nine year old pitcher. And um, at the same time, they have DFA'd Luis Oviedo who they just spent all last year clinging to while the bullpen suffered. There was nobody to pitch, yet he still had to have a bench spot, right? All year they went through that. If there was a Rule 5, they made sure he was protected this year. And the first time they feel a perceived need, he's the guy that they DFA. Make sense of all this, Murph. I, I think who, the first person to make sense of this will be the first person to figure it out. Because, <laughs> like, we were we were talking about, and that's you, buddy. Make, go, go, go. Yeah, you got to figure make, it out. <laughs> everything else makes sense. Like, do we like it? No. 
but everything makes sense. We kind of, like I alluded to it like a week or two ago after he had, he got, or I guess late last week when he got his first win that like, you know, wait, wait for the Twitter meltdown whenever he gets sent down and look right. a couple days later he gets sent down. But I don't think anybody on this show today is seriously shocked, shocked that no, Rwanzi went down. It's, I think we all knew that was going to happen. You put the time I'm and shocked, the effort. I'm shocked by the, the the other moves that accompanied it. The Oviedo, yes, that makes no sense. You spend so much effort. You overused Dwayne Underwood Jr. so much last year to the point of you know him getting hurt just to protect him. And now the first person that you cast aside is the guy that you spent all that effort in protecting. Like that just yeah. like blows my mind with it. And Jim, I know you got you, you got a problem with Rowanzi going down, especially the way Shelton answered the question as to why. Yeah. I know that doesn't come from being surprised. No. It just comes from kind of being tired of baseball being baseball. Because that's what this was, <laughs> baseball being baseball. Every yeah. team in the league would do this. Well, I mean, before Jimmy like like I had alluded to it, Jordan Jordan Hicks, um, for the Cardinals, they they have him starting right now, and on he's on a forty five pitch limit as the starter as they stretch him out in the major league rotation. Yeah, it, look, I mean, it's so I think it, it can be I, done. I think, I think I referred to Shelton's uh, explanation as hogwash, which I've been wanting, been wanting to bust out hogwash for a while now. So I uh, finally got a chance to use it. But I mean, look, everybody knows what this is. This is why, you know, you may want to address these things in uh, the CBA players. You know, I mean, we keep trying to hammer them over the head about this stuff and owners are going to do what? Well, what did we say as soon as that thing was signed? We said, we're not going to keep talking about the CBA. We're not going to do that every week. But every time something comes up that should have been fixed in it, we're going to point it out. Right. And, and done so the, the service for the week. PSA, everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and the other stuff, man, it's a head scratcher. Um, I guess the Chase, Chase DeYoung thing is he, he looked so fantastic the other day during that no hitter that they went, yes, we got to see that right now. And it's time to get someone off the roster. But to hang on to a guy all year, protect him, uh, and then just, you know, flick him like he's a booger he on the windshield. Not, he, he, may may not, he may not get picked up. It may not matter. He may clear and it may not matter. But I will tell you this. I would only, I, I, I w- if I was betting on that right now, I wouldn't bet that he will clear. I, I wouldn't I, bet that he will clear either, seeing yeah. just some of the people that have gotten picked up in the last couple of days. Sure. He's pitching. For, he's it's pitching. Everyone's going to go after pitching. Oh, there's yeah, a, pitcher, there's a, a young pitcher up. available. I'll right. Yeah. yeah. The worst thing about the Rule 5 draft is what it does to a player like Luis Oviedo. Right. You know, I, I, in all sincerity, because I don't hold out a whole lot of hope that he's going to catch on yeah. with anyone. Yeah. And he's going to go back through the DFA process and get sent like down to whatever team eventually doesn't lose him in the process and he'll do what he was doing here and then he'll get used for another purpose at some point maybe he'll make it but please he ain't going to be a starter now he's going to be a reliever they've they've just destroyed that kid as far as like ever being a starter just Mm -hmm. isn't going to happen 
I agree. Total, totally see him in a bullpen role, if anything at all. Yeah, and that's terrible because, in all sincerity, he was probably on a pretty good path before before all that that move. He didn't have happened. a bad year the year before or the last year that he pitched in A ball. I mean, like the ERA was, right. I think, it was a little bit high, but like some of the other stuff was there. That like, hey, you know, a little right. bit of a we, change we here and there. We probably shouldn't write a eulogy for somebody that's alive and well, but no. like, I'm just saying, like. Uh, no. I hate the roll five pick. I hate the roll five draft. Yeah. I think it, it ends up screwing things up for some of these guys and I just wish it would go away. Well But I understand it, why it's there too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean let, let's let's look at it from the pirate side of things. You you're gonna hang on to Roanzi as long as you possibly humanly can. So um he's looked great. They're not going to waste a year of control. I hate to just uh, be so blunt about it. We can get upset about it, and the fans can freak out. But if you're even remotely paying attention, you know this is going to happen. You know this is going to happen. So uh, Yeah, I'm not upset about it, to be honest with you. And yeah. I personally do think AAA is the place to stretch a kid out. So I would do it that way. But It's not the I only way, though. I wouldn't have brought him up here in the first place. Like, I, if you were going to ultimately do this, I wouldn't have brought him up as my emergency extra guy. I would have brought Chase DeYoung right out of camp and you know, DFA'd Oviedo back then. I wouldn't have given any service time to Rowanzi right yet if that's what I was worried about. Because I didn't want him out of the pen in the first place. So, you know, I'm just saying there's other ways they could have handled this. This is sloppy. Yeah, Most things they do are sloppy. And I and I really mean that their tra- their player transactions are sloppy. Some they cause more problems than they fix when they DFA these kids. Like even pick go back to spring training picking up Medina, and then he's gone was, two weeks later. We saw him pitch yeah. once. What was the purpose of that? He wrote his entire season. He you know you have him working doing whatever he's doing in, in major league camp. Send him straight to minor league camp and. Like he's scheduled yeah. to start one day, the next day they're finding a whole new thing because like he's just completely he's just traded. It's right. I, think, and I get that they're commodities to to a degree. I don't want them to be, but they are. Yeah, yeah. they're they're a number sometimes, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I think if if Chase was somebody who was younger and you know a rising prospect, we we wouldn't care as much. He pitched but, great last year. You like, know, in all sincerity, though, we can't talk out of both sides of our mouths because there's people that will sit here and say, there's no excuse for this team not being better this year. And they're going to bitch the Chase DeYoung's up here. And he's arguably the most ready to pitch in the major leagues AAA option they have. So he should be up here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're probably not wrong with that. I mean. Look, looking at the way things have gone with the starting rotation, especially so far, can, can he fare worse than some some of these other guys right now? He certainly didn't in his little cup of coffee last year, and he certainly has looked great so far this year, including his spring. So I don't have a problem with him being up here. I just have a problem with the timing. It's weird. I don't think it's a one-to-one for Uwanzi. They could have done something there if they wanted to. I just, to me, I, he's going to get a lot of hate, and he shouldn't get hate because, in all sincerity, he, I think he's earned a shot up here too on a team like this. Yeah, you want, I, I, you want a good, experienced pitcher. He's shown you something. 
Reward the kid. Bring him up here. He's 29 years old. What do you got to lose? It's certainly in the grand schemes of it. Grand scheme of this year doesn't matter. And, um, you know, they could probably use a guy that can go a few more innings. They certainly haven't gotten that much out of their starters. And maybe that's what we want to talk about, too, is just the approach with what we're seeing with guys. I think that is where we have to go with it. But I guess when I think of Chase DeYoung, I think of Chris Stratton. Why not? Yeah. Why isn't that a nice bullpen option for you for a while? He's got good stuff. He can ramp it up just like Will Crow. He can give you two, three innings. And that really fits in with this new philosophy, which is the next thing we're going to talk about. And the new philosophy really seems to be, hey, starters, get us two times through the rotation. Hey, other guys, whatever we're calling you, get us three, four innings. <laughs> and then we're going to have these couple guys that we use in the back end. That that seems to be the I, formula. It's very yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, there's there's some first first of all, let's say this. It's been out even if this wasn't going to be the approach, it's been out of sheer necessity a little bit because sure. we're not getting guys that are are, are getting uh, through Well, for, talk to that though because I guess part of the question I kind of want to tackle here between the Mm -hmm. three of us is okay. I've heard that excuse. I've heard that reason. Oh, they're Mm -hmm. doing it out of desperation. I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, I'm not saying. So I'm saying like, as they improve both through bringing people up and development, does this philosophy stick around? In other words, are we going to be pulling Blake Stell out in the world series? Well, let's hope it doesn't go that far. Uh, let's at least hope they for, go that for, far. But I well, get yes. Yeah. For my sensibilities, <laughs> I don't want that. I think at some point I want a stud out there that's been a stud and I can trust to uh, have a stud mentality and so on and so forth. Let me, let me say this, though. The way baseball is right now, and it's so hard to invest in pitching, develop it, can't, it's hard to afford it outside if you're trying to do it through free agency. Right. If you can, if you can minimize. Now, this should worry the players and pitching pitchers in general, starters. If you can devalue that as much as possible within your own organization and how you go about trying to win ball games, and you can get starters that maybe are going four innings, getting you through that, and then you right. can go more towards affordable middle relief guys and then somebody that's a shutdown at the end. We've seen this before. I think for an organization like the Pirates, who can't just go out and get the Garrett Coles of the world, which snicker, that's not always going to work out either. But it's another good point of why maybe you can't, don't want to go down that road all the time. So I'm being long-winded here, but I think you guys see where I'm going, which Mm -hmm. is, it's it, it's not a bad approach for teams like the Pirates. It's not a bad approach. I get it. Murph, I'm going to throw it to you, but you're watching it, the, the minor leagues a lot. Are you seeing this method mirrored down there? Or are you seeing it and they're not and you just feel like, oh, they're not stretched out yet? So that excuse kind of starts to go away right around now. I, I feel like from what I've seen, especially because I was I was down in uh, Richmond for most of the Richmond Altoona series. And the way that they have that pitching staff set up right now aligns a lot towards that kind of thinking. Because most of the, like, there was never a starter that went past four. 
They all they all right. kind of stayed around 50 to 60 pitches, that kind of thing. And then they had some and, and a lot of it's a collection of arms because Altoona's pitching staff right now probably has like nine or 10 guys that were exclusively starters last year. Correct. So a lot of that is you still want to get them some innings, that kind of stuff. And probably a lot of it, too, is is early season. But you, you think with it, too, the minor leagues didn't have the, the, the lockout. So they were able to have a full camp and full everything like that. So right. so they, I would imagine they would be more ahead of anyone on, like, the 40-man who had to wait and stuff like that. Right. But I, I, I think it's just the way that things are going now. I mean, we said, like, we Tampa Bay is obviously the first one that we bring up because um, they kind of have, like, the tried and – true method and whatnot but like even like the Atlanta Braves last year when they, when they were so exactly. bullpen reliant they never had a guy even really the, go five hours to a degree and I know one I know one of their starters won the Cy Young and I know one of their starters finished well, fifth in the Cy Young but they did that all year yeah yeah you can incorporate you can you can mix and match that as well yeah. so you can have <laughs> you you can reach out there like obviously the Pirates are never going to be big spenders but you can reach out there grab your 2023 version of AJ Burnett and Francisco Lariano and then have those guys be a little bit more of the guys who can eat more innings and then use the rest of the pitching staff in, in a way that kind of utilizes their strengths in shorter outings. And, so boys, are and we, it kind of saves your bullpen. by are having basically a couple saying if you're an old school fan, you better times are start making you better start making some decisions about what you're going to accept and what you're not going to accept as a good start anymore. Yes. Right. Yes. Like I saw, I saw yesterday somebody on, uh, on Twitter lost their mind. Cause someone said that Keller had a great start. So he went 5.1 innings and gave up that one home run. Aside from that, he was pretty good, you know, and he got pulled at they 75 said, pitches. Yeah. They said, great start. You know, and he goes, that's not great. He, he just lost his mind, like that we're lowballing what great is. In today's game, that's a great start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not allowing it anymore. Like yeah. you got your Clayton Kershaw's, but you have to remember Clayton Kershaw's been pitching for fifteen years. He, great, Max Scherzer's earned that. You know, yeah. like it, it, great is a relative term too. Like I don't, I, I think it was taking it. The, whoever did that was taking it. So it's like you said, historic. I mean, he was sharp. He was a really, he was really sharp that day. It's okay to say it. Hell, Mitch Keller needed a really sharp outing. So, um, I, I think people better. I know I have. I know that if I can get, if I can see a guy get the six innings nowadays. I mean, that's not how I viewed it. 10 years ago, five no. years ago. But I'm now, just thinking to myself how special yeah. you got to look to get to six innings now. Like, and that, yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of like the, the, this, this approach. And one of you two said it just a little bit ago. You can, you can kind of meld this with other things. If you get a guy that can do more than that, who's a stud at the top of the rotation and he doesn't need that. Great. It's a domino effect. You can use that for some of the other guys that can't do that, and it doesn't burn out your bullpen. And you can put the resources toward that in a in a particular game. So I I just for the Pirates, what other what other approach would you rather have? Would you have them take when it comes to pitching? I think right. it's smart. 
right now I don't think there is one to be had. But and I think it's probably the best way to handle it. I just think what we're seeing and Murph kind of confirmed is it's, I think that's kind of what's being done more as a, an overall philosophy, not not as a result of not having enough talent, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it fits two molds right now. It helps with the lack of talent. And I think this is how they want to do things. And if, and if you yeah. think about it too, like on the flip side, we talked about the Braves and the Padres and everything like that. Think about it on the flip side with – or the Braves and the Rays – the, on the flip side with like the Padres with how much they've invested in their rotation and how mediocre that team still is even yeah, on the pitching right. side of things. So it, like a market like Pittsburgh can't handle investing in, in the, so you have to find the smart way to do it. And if you have all of these guys who are really good, they have really good, a really good fastball and a really good breaking ball that are really good one time through the order, two times through the order, and at the same time, like you were saying, Gary, it or that you guys were saying that it kind of diminishes the value uh, of them cost wise because of well, you, you guys aren't really winning a lot of games because you're not going deep in the things, and you can use that. Right. Then, then I think that's I think that's the game. The yeah. game's game, though. I don't. Yeah, think I mean, I mean, yeah. You think of that as like someone who's signing the checks and stuff like that, but the numbers show supports that theory with it as well. So you have right. like the winning hand with it because like you save money in doing it, but also it it works. The numbers yeah. show this should work. And as and any what, of you stats nerds know, if you're Bob Ross enough with it, you can spin any story and paint. Oh yeah, absolutely. With any any stat, so you see it daily. Let, <laughs> but but let's just let's just take this out uh, a couple years, and when they're looking to maybe add some payroll that that uh, we'll see how much they do there, but let's just say they do. You can go out and get some, some help, bullpen help, reliever help, a heck of a lot more uh, cost affordable sense than uh, you are going to be able to go out. So you can kind of spend there if you want to and not have to try to go out and get, I mean, the Max Scherzers of the world are never going to sign here. So, um, you know, you can supplement there. I mean, the Royals did this in what? What was this? 20, was it 2015 that they went? I mean, they got to like the fifth inning and they just turned it over to every guy in their bullpen. And they won a World Series that way. It's, it's been done before. It might be look a little different. But I don't blame the Pirates one bit for what they're doing. Yeah, and we so always say this work. is like an evaluation exactly. period too, right? So, so we, it's an evaluation period with the players. Why not with like the philosophy and how you're going to do things? So like, okay, well, this is a method that's working for a lot of people. We're not going to win in 2022. So let's, let's give this a shot and see if it actually works the, you know, the way that it's working for others. This, let's see if we can manage to do it the same way. Yeah, I think that's important why, and part of why I asked about it being in the system too, because if it's not in the system too, then I buy that. Then I can go. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're just they're trying something out because no, if they're implementing it in the system, which I do believe we're seeing. Yeah. No, they've decided philosophy wise that's what they want to do. So let's take another quick break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit about reasons for excitement and do our call your shot.
right, welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Murph with me. And we're finally going to let Murph shine a little bit and talk about what we brought him on the show for, which is to talk a little bit of prospects. And when I look down at the system, Murph, I see all kinds of reasons for optimism. I also see all kinds of reasons for caution. So I think that's what I want to do today is just have everybody kind of talk about their top reasons for excitement and their top reasons for caution. What's not going great? What's going really great? Go ahead, man. You have the floor. All right. So we'll start. We'll start with the good because we always have to start with the good. The optimism. Um, I guess just like the overall depth that seems like it's being built. So like we we do this weekly feature on Pirates prospects where we kind of everyone sends in like a blind submission of of who stuck out to them during the week. We don't know who everyone's going to send in. It's not a, like right. a vote for anything like that. Just said send in a paragraph or two of who stood out. So far, every every time we've done it, no one has overlapped on it. Everyone has picked a different name out. Everyone has a different person kind of sticking out to them. And, I mean, I get, you know, that's four teams covering – that's four four different teams, a lot of players. So right, maybe right. it's – but, like, it's been pretty vast, the difference in what everyone's picking up. So there, there – and there's still a lot of people that you can say that's going to be exciting to watch that haven't even started yet, that are still, like, an extended and stuff like that. And I guess another thing is like the layers, like we're building like waves of stuff. So like this year, we'll obviously get Ono Cruz at some point who will get the first wave. We have the kids in Altoona and so on and so on. So it looks like every year we'll get a little bit of. A, every a, year there'll be a new batch yeah, of yes. expected. Right? Yes. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be a new people that we get to get fun. We get all excited about getting sent back to Indy when they should be sticking around. All right, let, I'll tell you what. Let's end positive. We'll go to Jim. He'll do his positives, okay. and then we'll we'll circle back and do negatives because I don't want I don't want to poop on what you said already. <laughs> for that. So go ahead, Jim. I mean, just out just right out of the shoot. Uh, you know, I I, I think so let's start with the pitching. I think uh, Jared Jones looks pretty pretty you know uh, good. I think uh, some really positive stuff with uh, Nicholas. Um, so right there, we've got two pitchers that I think can maybe, maybe help this team out and they're going to need some of that. Right. Um, let's say, uh, you know, I got to see Matt Frazier in person. He looked really good. Uh, Cal Mitchell has looked good. You know, we're, we, you know, my concerns in this, in this organization right now, still first base. I know Mason Martin has come out and looked a little better. People are, people are being premature thinking they're going to call him up soon. He needs to do this for a lot longer than what he's doing for them to feel comfortable for that. And I think we need power still in this organization. They need to move some of that BMI out the way first too, right? That so. BMI, <laughs> yeah, that BMI that York talks about with Yoshi and uh, Vogel Thick, as I like to call him on Twitter. But uh, yeah, so the, the, I'm just trying to jam as much as I can in here. But those are where, those are the things I'm seeing from individual standpoint, and then still organizationally, what we need. Andy Rodriguez looks like everything that I thought he would be. Right. Really, really high on him. Gary, what about you? Uh, positivity, I am so far very pleased with Mason Martin. Very pleased with uh, Leovar Piguero. I've liked what I've seen from him. I think uh, 
overall, as Murph said, the depth is probably what impresses me the most. And the reason is the hit rate's not great on prospects. Mm-hmm. So the more options you have, the, the more positive I'm going to feel. And draft as many shortstops as you want because yeah. I want them all. Draft as many pitchers as you want because I want them all. The more options there are, the better I feel. And unfortunately, we have to go negative now. It's time to go blue. Now, Murph, do you want a seasoned veteran of going blue to show you how to do it first? Lead the way on that one. Gary, Jim, Gary, go, go, go super dark here. I want you to do it first. Super dark. Okay. Um, the, the problems that I thought O'Neill Cruz had, O'Neill Cruz has. I, I told you those two home runs, as sexy as they were, were dangerous, and they were. He should not be reaching for balls like that, and, he's and that's what he's done, nothing. and he's striking out. And it's only going to get worse at the major league level if he comes up here still having that in his repertoire. That's my biggest concern. Do I still think he's going to come up here right when we all said he was going to come up here? Yes, I do. And do I think he'll be a good player? Yes. But there's a reason he's down there. And I I say operate with a little bit of caution when it comes to whining about him coming up right now because he's got some work to do, if you ask me. And Quinn Priester's injury scares me a little bit. Yes. Yes. That was – So, Jim – let me let me uh, piggyback on the cruise thing because you know he's so he's so important. Yeah, I've I've all, I've seen people get cranky about it when we're bringing up the stats. And um, look, it's not to have it's not it's not a party. It's not it's just saying like this is why sometimes you 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 want to be careful. People were just checking him off for rookie of the year. I mean like relax you know baseball is still really hard the last time i checked even for really talented guys with uh with high ceilings and um he's just somebody that probably still going to come up when they want him to come up but uh I agree. And, and the other part of this is people saying like i don't want to i don't want to see his stats i don't care about it well you better care about it first of all and secondly if he was tearing it up right now in triple a you damn well better believe every stinking hit he had would be jamming it down everyone's throats on Twitter about why is he down there? What is what are we doing? So, you know, hey, come on, learn to take it, be an adult. It's okay. Hopefully it's just a blip on the radar. But this is what can happen sometimes. Everybody needs to relax. So um, uh, another person that I'm a, a little concerned about is probably uh, I think Tanaj Thomas is somebody that I, I'm not sure if he's I was a somebody worried about him last year and I think as a starter long term I'm very I was, worried I was really him. hoping yeah. the switch to the bullpen would help help him out but the yeah. velocity is still down yeah the, okay so the Richmond radar gun was very unreliable so I don't know if I got a true grasp on it, but the velocity was down, and he got still, and he was getting hit. He got hard. he got hit he got every, hit hard every, every contact every time he got the someone made contact with it. It was a hard hit ball, and that's the thing with a guy like that is like if he's not if his velocity's not up, 
I mean, we already know he's got some some issues with pinpoint accuracy. You know, so if he's not able to miss bats and he's getting hit hard, that's a good sign that the velocity is down a little bit. So um, he he's somebody that worries me, and I'm always scared about the pitching. I always will be. So um, yeah, that's that. Th- those are the names that jump out to me. All right, Murph. So we gave you Tanaj Thomas as a freebie since you pitched in. So what else <laughs> you got done? Yeah. Tanaj was definitely something, especially after seeing him. But uh, to, to piggyback a little bit on the Quinn Priester thing, too, worried about the – like he was already kind of showing – like as I the more I watched of him last year, like he showed some really good stuff at, at times. Like the breaking right. ball is amazing and stuff like that. But a lot of trouble locating the fastball – Still kind of saw that in spring. Now an injury with this, like that's and and that's you know that's that's your first round pick. That's that's your top one of your top pitching prospects. I think that's, Michael Burrows is past. I, I I believe I believe to be honest, I believe so too. At this point, I, I, I believe yeah. outside of Rowanzi, you're talking Jared Jones and, and Mike Burrows as your next two best pitching prospects. Yeah, and I'm not going to sleep on Cody Bolton yet either. No, Bolton I, I think really Cody, good his first outing. Um, he's somebody that that we all should have mentioned a little bit sooner, just because he, you know, with his with his history and coming back and looking yeah. decent, he's an easy guy to root for. If nothing well, else, now, hey, I'll tell you what. Now that we all said we were really concerned about O'Neill Cruz, it's probably time to do our call your shot because I have a feeling it gets mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting my shot from sunny Colorado on the top of a mountain. Not really. I'm in the suburbs. So here's the deal. Biggest financial week in Pirates history. Very exciting stuff. Um, you got to start somewhere, in my opinion. Cruz definitely has to be the next guy up. And if we're looking at it from a, you know, kind of a pre-revenue standpoint where you're paying these guys before they produce on the field, I say it's got to be this time next year that that Cruz deal happens. That's my shot. All right, Jim, that's our buddy Jay from out in Colorado and calling uh-huh. his shot today about the next call-up being O'Neill Cruz and the contract that he should be offered next year, in his opinion. Um, I think the Pirates, and I'm going to take this first and I'll, I'll move off to you guys, but I think the contract's probably a little premature. I guess my, my main question with that would be, what has led you to believe that that's how they're going to operate? Because even when signing Hayes, they they made sure that they told us he had proven that he was a good player to them before they offered him the contract. And the first offer, they really lowballed him. And when I say that, I say that in the context of after they felt he proved it, they paid him $70 million for eight years. So I can't even begin to imagine what that first offer was. <laughs> Well, it was a Pirates offer, so you probably can imagine a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, well, take it away. What do you think, man? Um, look, we've just covered that we think he's going to be up anyway. So, yeah, let's stick with the contractual side of things. I, the first thing that I think of with it is is I don't even know how I would um, fix, sit down and figure out what, what kind of contract would be be right right now i mean, I mean how do you i'd put... start with like maybe knowing what position he's gonna friggin play first yeah like you can't even you can't even from that point of where they like to kind of set the market at a, at a position and then you're dealing with i mean does he 
on top of all this, would he even be interested in that? I just I don't even know where to start with years and 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 numbers. Murph, what do you think? So I'm I'm a I'm about the same. So like when I always look at it from like the flip side of things, like it's it's easy to say like the team should just offer a guy a contract. That's that's clear. Like obviously, but is anything that we can offer right now that would be fair for both sides, something that O'Neill Cruz is going to want to sign himself. Like he, he could be willing to, to pull the levy on bell and bet on himself and just like ride it out and everything like that. that. There's no way for me to say this without sounding ignorant. So I'm just going to say it and I'll, I'll beg your pardon. If it comes across, <laughs> he's a Dominican kid. Yeah, got a no, family already. no, and I've heard stories too about when I'm of, of of them, you know, sending half their paychecks and whatnot down there to help families. So yeah, any bit of money to help that kind of situation, like that's that's life changing yeah. money. It's I'm not hard to reach life changing money. Remotely fair, they could probably get it done. Yeah, my thing is, I, I don't. And this is so similar to Gregory Polanco to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm. It's not that I think he's the same player or I think he's going to turn out like that. But, man, that's how it can turn out. And you got the deal with Polanco done because they signed him so, so young. Mm-hmm. He hadn't proven anything yet, and and they got it done. Starling Marte, same thing. Yeah. So and- it works out sometimes. It doesn't work out other times. I feel like this uh, this group, they want to be a little more sure. They want to see it. Yeah, I, I, I think and, I'm okay with that. I think I'm okay with I, them being being safe with it. Maybe maybe, maybe you mess up and trigger, it's, yeah, maybe you mess up. As long up as they're going to actually pull the trigger, sometimes I'm yeah. okay with it too. Yeah, if, if and, it's the right situation, you feel like deep down that it's right. Pull the trigger on it. If you have any kind of doubt at all with it, then then there's no harm in just holding off. That's that's why you build such a deep farm system that you can right. And look, I keep. I keep saying this about specifically O'Neill Cruz. Um, first off, it's a fair question because we see O'Neill Cruz and and we hope he's the next, you know, Juan Soto or Machado or a Tatis or, you know, something to that effect. So, of course, you want to hold on to that for as long as you can. So the, right. the question is fair. But I will just keep coming back to this with O'Neill Cruz, and, and that's it. that is what's the rush? What is the rush with – having him play a certain position, calling him up on, you know, immediately on opening day, signing him to a long-term deal. Folks, we have some time here, and let's let's use it to our advantage. So that's all I will say is what's the rush? Yeah, well, you know the call-up stuff is virtue signaling. So let's just <laughs> leave it there. But um, as for, and especially in evidence of what we're actually watching right now, clearly needed a little bit of work. Let's calm down. Right. It's funny. I haven't seen anybody admit that on Twitter. It must just not be coming Nor across my feed. It just must, you know, funny, funny algorithms on Twitter. I must be missing those. <laughs> Either ones. that or you got fed up and muted them all. <laughs> so Gary, I'm Gary. I'm the kind of person you think I am. Hey, I'll tell you what, guys. Wonderful conversation this week. And Jay, great, great question. More of those people. More yes. of those. Good question. Send them into our wide open DMs on the Pirates Fan Forum Twitter. Slide on it. Slide on in there. It's (laughs) wide open. There's no resistance whatsoever. Step on in. 
and uh, send us a great question like that because, man, we love the conversations that come with it. Thank you, Anthony Murphy, for joining us this week. Murph, thank you guys look for having forward me. To, uh, to reading your stuff and checking out your YouTube channel, which I think everybody should. It's got a lot of great highlights on it. Even uh, Alex Stumpf gave you a little endorsement. Yes, the other yes, day. that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> well, then. Big time. Alex remembers where he done come from. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, he does. Because that, <laughs> that kid tosses around the compliments. When, oh, no. Whenever, he, Alex has been great. I've been, been able to reach out to him a couple times with some with some stuff. So yeah, he's, he's awesome. been awesome. In, in all seriousness, real quick, Murph is one of the guys that I pay attention to for minor league stuff because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm versed on it. I'd like to be well-versed on the minor league stuff, and it's important to go to guys who pay attention to it a little bit more, and uh, you're one of them. So appreciate what you do, I man. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate so it. So good stuff. Check him out. You'll see his Twitter handle scrolling along the bottom and whatnot on this, and I'm sure he'll be helping us promote this tomorrow. Oh, yeah. so, um, <laughs> hey, everybody, great show. And, good stuff. Uh, let's, good stuff. let's go, Bucks. And now it's time for um, budding hockey star Ben to say it. Yeah. Yeah, but...